Today, our scripture reading is from uh, James 4, 13 through 17. James 4, 13 through 17, it says this. Now listen, who you, you who say, today or tomorrow we will go to this or that city. Spend a year there and carry on business and make money. Why you do not, why you do not even know what will happen tomorrow? What is your life? You are a midst that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your ignorant schemes. All such boasting is evil. If anyone then knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it is a sin for them. That's James 4, uh, 13 through 17. Let's have a word of prayer as we uh, go to the Lord's message today. Heavenly Father, we thank you just for this day that we can come and rejoice and sing praises and, and just encourage one another. And ultimately, it's our worship to you that we're here for. And so, Lord, we just thank you for your word and, and just pray as we look into this fourth chapter of James and these few verses here that we can just apply the principles here to our lives. But we thank you so much that we can be here and we rejoice together. In this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, in the film, Back to the Future, how many saw Back to the Future? It came out a long time ago. But Michael Fox played the guy of a, a, a guy named Marty McFly. Come on, how many remember that? Come on. It was a good movie. And he's suddenly thrown back in time 30 years earlier. And because he knows what the future holds for his family, he makes sure that, like his mom and dad, go to the prom together so that they will fall in love and get married so that life will be like he sees it. The problem is he ran into some complications on that. But he went back to the past to make sure things would turn out as they were supposed to. So here's the question. If you were suddenly thrown back in time and you were able to know what was going to happen before it happened, what would you do? <laughs> I mean, how would you use that knowledge that you might have? If you knew that there was a winning lottery ticket that was going to be sold, would you go there in hopes that you were the one that could get it? If you knew the stock market was going to go up to a certain point, would you buy and sell and all that kind of stuff so that you'd make all that money? Or if you knew that somebody was going to be in trouble and needed help, would you be there in time to help them? Maybe you'd want to be a hero. Maybe you would know somebody who was going to die and you would be able to prevent that from happening because you saw it in the future. Now, in my opinion, which means an awful lot, right? There are two areas in which we're not supposed to live. The one area that we're not supposed to live is we're not supposed to live in the past. The other area that we're not supposed to live is we're not supposed to live in the future. We have to learn how to live today. To live in the now. And many people today are obsessed with trying to learn what maybe the future is going to be for them. 
They might look into their crystal balls or uh, read tea leaves or do anything like that to try to figure out what's tomorrow going to look like. There was a fortune cookie, and then the note inside said, don't believe what fortune cookies tell you. That was probably the one that was true. They got it right. But the truth is, none of us really know what the future is here on earth. Life is brief, and we must live every day that we have that God has given us to the fullest. That's exactly what James is telling us in this passage today. There was a man, he passed away a few years ago. His name was Dwight Pentecost. Anybody heard of him? Anyway, he was 99 years old when he passed away. But he was a longtime faculty member at Denver Seminary, and he was considered one of the premier scholars on the subject of biblical prophecy. He made this statement. He said that when he would speak on some subject other than prophecy, the attendance was fairly low. But if he spoke on prophecy, the attendance would be sky high. And he said he had made a study of every New Testament reference to the second coming of Christ, and in every passage, he was reminded that as believers, our first priority is not to know when Jesus is coming back. Our first priority as believers is not to know when Jesus is coming back, but it's for us as believers to live a holy life today. So knowing the future is not nearly as important as being prepared for the future. So in this passage today, we find a story that deals with the future. It tells the story of someone who was making plans but was going about it in the wrong way. So we're going to try and learn from their mistakes. So the first thing we see, the first mistake that we make is many times we leave God out of our planning. Look at verse 13. It says, Now listen, you who say, Today or tomorrow we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business, and make money. Now this man that is described here is not a rebellious kind of person. He doesn't mean to be fighting against God. What he's doing is more of a neutral thing. But one thing he is doing is he's disregarding God. He has this attitude about being self-sufficient. It's an attitude that's saying, I can do it all by myself. Kind of sound like children. Remember when we'd say that? Or your kids would say that to you? I can do it all by myself. Sad thing is we do that to God a lot of times. Now, I can do it by myself happens with non-believers when it comes to their attitude about God. But what's interesting here is this passage is not directed at non-believers, it's directed at believers. It's directed to those people who have placed their trust in Jesus. So it surprises me that the Lord God Almighty, the creator of the universe, wants to help us, and many times we just simply brush them off. We might think that maybe somehow we have a better idea, a better way. So today we would say, 
We can do better than that. But I think every one of us today needs to stop and take a look at our priorities. We need to maybe re-examine our lives, which I think we probably ought to do on a daily basis. Because hopefully we're not too much like this man found in this passage. Because his attitude was more or less, I not only know what the future holds for me, but I also have complete control over the future. That's crazy. Now listen, you who say, today or tomorrow we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business, and make money. So he is decided on a precise time. He says, today or tomorrow, next two days. What are we going to do? He's going to go to a particular place. So pick out a city. How long is he going to stay there? He says he's going to spend a year or two there, right? He's going to carry on business. He's going to buy and sell. And the planned outcome is we're going to make a lot of money. That's the plan. So they've selected the time, the place, the length of their stay, their activity, and the outcome, and they've done it all without even asking God anything about the plans. That's pride. Leaving God out of our planning. That's mistake number one. The second mistake is we presume many times that we know the future. Look at verse 14. Why? You do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. James says you don't even know what tomorrow is going to bring. Now, in America and probably other places around the world, there seems to be a fascination with psychics and trying to know the future. Large sums of money are paid by individuals who will call psychic hotlines or go get a reading for an amount of time to find out what's going to happen in my future. According to one source, just the psychic hotline itself recorded over $300 million last year in revenue. And I think the key word in understanding verse 14 is the word know. K-N-O-W. In the Greek, it gives the idea of being absolutely certain about something. So James is saying, that none of us can be certain about what will happen tomorrow. Much less way out in the future. And then he tells us there's at least three reasons for that. Because we fail, first of all, to understand how complex life actually is. In Proverbs, Solomon said, Do not boast about tomorrow, for you do not know what a day may bring. In Luke chapter 12, Jesus tells the story of a rich man who is so wealthy that his barns were filled to overflowing. And the rich man said to himself, I'm going to tear down these barns and I'm going to build bigger barns so that I can hold all of my stuff, store all of my crops and all of my goods. And the Lord said, you fool, this night your life will be required of you. So the parable, in that parable, the man is called a fool, not because he was planning for the future, but because he thought he could control the future. 
Another mistake that we made is we failed to understand the uncertainty of life. In this story that in James, the merchants have not only assumed that they will be alive tomorrow, they've made the mistake that they actually have a guarantee. James reminds us here that life is just a vapor. It's a puff of smoke. Now we can't relate to this right now, but it's kind of like in the colder weather you can see your breath. Which I will say, one morning in Alaska we did see our breath. Which is kind of exciting. But that's what James says life is like. The Bible uses other terms to describe the shortness of life. It says breath in Job. It says life is like a cloud. It says life is like grass. Life is like a shadow. Life is like smoke. And with all of the emphasis in God's Word on the shortness of life, somehow we believe that we have it all in our control. The psalmist in Psalm 90 verse 12 says, Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. So we fail to understand the uncertainty of life. And I think a third mistake we make is we fail to understand our purpose in life. Have you ever read that book, The Purpose Driven Life? Good book. It's a good read. But it seems that James is saying that our life is a gift. One person put it this way, what you are is God's gift to you. What you become is your gift to God. I kind of like that. The way that we look at life makes all the difference in the world. You live your life, and if you're just living you know, day by day, and you've never discovered what God's purpose for you is, it's possible that maybe you've wasted your life. It's how we look at life, our perspective that makes all the difference in the world. Have you ever met anybody that has an attitude problem? How come everybody started looking at each other? That's kind of weird. We see people, it doesn't matter what age they are, they can be old, they can be young, they can be whatever, but they have, they've been doomed to a life of misery all because of their attitude. We've got to realize life is a gift. We can't take life for granted. The Lord gives and He can just as easy take away. Well, that was just extra stuff. That was stuff we failed to understand. So remember, we, we talked about some of the mistakes that we make. A third mistake is many times we delay what should be done today until tomorrow. Here's how James words it. If anyone then knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it is sin for them. So sin is not only doing something wrong, sin might be the failure to do something right. And if you take that, that would mean that procrastination would be a sin. 
That's kind of a scary thought, huh? We having fun? Not really? I noticed the Kramers moved back one row. <laughs> Don't know what that's about. <laughs> Two empty rows up here if anybody wants it. But I want to end this this morning with three questions that each one of us need to be able to answer. The first question is, how many of you believe that God knows everything that has happened in history? How many believe that God knows everything that's happened in history? Well, we've got almost a majority. So now we're going to go back to page one. From the time of creation to now, do you believe that God knows everything that has happened? Yes. I mean, that's the truth. The second question is, how many of you believe that God knows everything that is going to happen in the future? That He knows everything from now until forever. So we're doing pretty good, right? You ready for the third question? How much of your past have you included God in and how much of your future will you include Him in? Because when you made plans in the past, how many times did you include God in the planning? Or in the future, how many times will you include God in the planning when it comes to your future? Now think about it. He knows everything that has happened. He knows everything that's going to occur. He knows every step before we take it. He knows what the outcome's going to be. So wouldn't it make just a little bit of sense that we would include God in all of our plans? And some already do, and that's great. But there's probably some that never do. But I think it comes down to this. All of us can do better. So can you imagine what life would be like if everybody here included God in every decision of our lives? I mean, everybody would be sitting in the front row. I mean, that's just the way it would be. And you might be looking at it and say, well, I've done so much in the past there's no way how God can work in my life today. That's just a lie. That's not what Scripture says. Or you might be looking at it and say, I'm looking at my situation where I'm at right now, and there's no hope for the future. That's another lie. The truth of the matter is, God can take your life, and He can mold you into the person that He wants you to be, and you'll live a life that is productive because you're living your life for God. We tend to judge things on the things that we know on an earthly part, a human part. But God's looking at us in a spiritual part. And He wants us to include Him in every detail of our lives. So today is a good time to start. So you might be saying, I've never done it in the past. I haven't thought about it in the future. 
Well, right now where you're sitting, make a commitment to God to say, I'm going to put you first in my life, and any planning, anything that comes up, I'm going to come to you to help me today so that I know that tomorrow is better. God's got His hand upon each one of us, and do you realize that all of us have a purpose? And if you're not sure what your purpose is that God wants you to do, begin praying about it, reading Scripture. Come and talk to me. Come and talk to Scott. Talk to some good Christian people. Because every one of us has a purpose. But I want us to realize that every day we need to live our lives for God. Put Him in every detail. I don't care how small it is. Because if you're like me, which hopefully you're not, I can mess up the smallest of things. Just ask my wife. I can mess it up. So why put that burden on us when God says, I'll take that burden and see you through? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this word today. And I just thank you that you know all the past, you know all the future, and you're working today. And so, Lord, I thank you for each one who's here. And I just pray that if there's someone here that, first of all, has never given their heart and life to you, that, Lord, right now, in this time, they can just accept you and believe in you and realize that you've come to rescue us from sin. And so, Lord, I just pray even where we're sitting, we can ask you into our heart and life. But, Lord, I just pray that all of us, it can be our prayer that we can live each day for you and include you in every detail of our life. And so, Lord, I just pray that we can commit to that as a group of believers. Lord, I thank you that you're working in our lives. And we just give you the praise and the glory. And this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.